Welcome to the Queer Movie Podcast, celebrating the best and worst in LGBTQ plus cinema, one glorious genre at a time. I'm Rowan Ellis and welcome to one of our different types of episodes that we'll be releasing between our usual Queer Movie Club episodes. This is Hot Takes, where I'll be joined by a guest who's come ready to go with three queer movie hot takes that they'll need to persuade me of in three arguments or less. I am very excited to welcome to the show... It's Sharba! Clap, 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 clap. (laughs) So Sharba, would you like to tell all the lovely listeners at home a little bit about yourself? Bless you. Thank you so much for having me on, Rowan. Uh, Yeah, my name's Sharba. Thanks for being here. (laughs) I am brown, bisexual, a little bit weird, obsessed with cats. Is is this going well for an introduction? I'm just kind of winging it. Yeah, perfect. (laughs) Uh, I'm a person of the internet, I guess. I create stuff, uh, mostly with my partner, Jamie, who is also amazing, though not brown. I I don't know why I felt the need to mention that, but there you go. Fun nugget for you. (laughs) Give us a full picture. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. So the way that this works is you have come primed, ready, with these three hot takes. I have. I'm nervous, but I have. (laughs) And... Feel free to go in any order that you want. Uh, Maybe it's least to most controversial Mm -hmm. or maybe like the one that you're least confident building up to the one you're most confident about or just at random. You know what I mean? Like it's this is your show. You no pressure, but you do have to persuade me. That is the aim of the game. But you've you've have you got your first hot take? Are you ready to? I do. I have three. I'm just wondering what order to do this in. Hang on. So does each one do I have three arguments within each one to persuade you? Yes. Three arguments or less. I don't want to alarm you, but Corey was on Uh a previous episode and he, I think, had one that he was convinced he could convince me in one point. Uh So that's not necessary. You know, he's a pro. He really wanted to show off. Wait, did it did it succeed? Oh, yeah. Corey's Corey's ones were were watertight. They were great. Damn, I, I needed to have given this more forethought. Okay, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to wing it. I'm, I'm off a different vibe. Let's go for it. I'll go with my first one. But I know I feel like you're going to be on the same page because I feel like we've discussed this a little bit before. So, ready? Mm-hmm. The movie Bend It Like Beckham is a gay movie, but also could have been more gay. Okay, I'm, I'm not going to give away anything right now about my <laughs> initial thoughts face. about this premise. Straight faced, absolutely mm-hmm. cold as ice. Give me your give me your first argument here. Okay. Persuade me. So it's already gay rep. And I feel like this is gonna be the one that's controversial because everyone goes, Oh, it could have been such a gay movie. Ag- agreed. Agreed. But there's also so much representation with the intersectionality that already makes it LGBT plus. Like the whole short hair at the bus stop scene. I'm really hoping everyone's now watched this as I'm talking through this, but I, I'm I'm, t- I'm taking you through the vibes of the movie. The the line, the line, I thought she was a Pisces when the mum has the lesbian shoes on her feet. Just beautiful little nuggets of what LGBT plus representation is. Maybe not what should be, but is in current Asian culture. So there you go. That's my pitch for it already mm. being gay. Interesting. So for people who aren't familiar with Bendelai Beckham, ha- first of all, how dare you? What are you doing? <laughs> Go and watch it. Right now. It's it's basically a it's like a very kind of classic 2000s British movie mm-hmm. with Kira Knightley as a football sensation. Playing Jules. Honestly, I know that she's now known for more kind of period piece roles, but truly I think that was the that was a quintessential Kira Knightley role. The epitome of her career. I have to say, as it's one of those moments where you look back and you think, how did I not know I was bi? <laughs> like, 
like, it my just God. makes so much sense. <laughs> yeah. It's I feel like the the people on the internet, especially Americans, probably know this movie best from that exchange where one of the the coach is like, I totally understand, Jess. I'm Irish. I think that's the that's like the scene that a lot of Americans oh, know no. from it. But basically it's like the story of these two girls who are both want to pursue football and their kind of family dramas and like the pressures of that and also the Yeah, being in an all women's team. The romance, potential romance with their male coach and the like jealousy and friendship and all the kind of things that go alongside it. And yeah. um it is Chef's Kiss. It's Chef's a, it's an amazing kiss. movie. Oh my god, I agree, Ren can highly recommend a watch (laughs) definitely agreed but being a little brown girl as well like it was one of the only representations of seeing brown women on tv that wasn't from ztv you know or like an indian Mm. network and so to see aspects of like lgbt-ness mixed with just the intersectionality of all was beautiful it was so important in ways that i probably understand more now than i did at the time do you know what i mean yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It was very, they're, they're definitely within the movie. It was almost feels more gay now because the there were other characters in the movie that were sort of either assuming things or pointing out things about how gay Jules and Jess seem to be. Yes. That was just like, yeah, you're the people who make sense. You're. Mm. I know the movie's kind of like, oh, look at the funny misunderstandings, but like you were hitting the nail on the head. It's just that Jules and Jess were not there yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. G- give it give it 10 years. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe in the They'll sequel. They'll understand. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, not to spoil the movie, but, like, at the end, they basically, like, fly away into the sunset together. <laughs> and I'm like, I mean, now what a beautiful romantic ending to this movie. Yeah, yeah. And also, I can't... I, I, it would be doing a disservice to not mention Jess's friend and the iconic line of, but I like David Beckham. I, I'm trying not to give away spoilers, but it's really hard to do when I'm trying to convince you. You know what? If you haven't, if you haven't watched it's this your movie, fault. just skip this section and or just like just listen and know that we're going to be spoiling stuff because I feel like this is uh, it's unavoidable. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. The, the yeah, of course you like David Beckham. He's like, no, I really like David Beckham. That is like one of the best coming outs, just ever. I feel like it's it's maybe I want to bring that back. I'd be like, okay, but does he like David Beckham? <laughs> like, does he is he a a fan of David Beckham? <laughs> like, is the new code? Oh my god, amazing! You, uh, what is Beckham's fanship? Are they like David heads, Beckhamers? Beckham Beckhamers? <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to lie to you, Shaba. I do not know enough about the world of uh, international football I don't to <laughs> confidently tell you the fandom name for David Beckham. That's fine, and that's on me. Uh, that is that is on me. How to dare be fair, you, how dare you? <laughs> uh, but there you go. Okay, so, give me some more convincing. All right. Okay, so we've already got gay rep there. Also, can I just say, in the, I really feel that to me, in little closeted Shabaland, because I didn't, ex- I say I didn't as if it's past, I still haven't explored very much in my life. People still think I probably live under a rock. Okay, so just bear that in mind. But the idea of beards is something that was first introduced to me in this movie. How adorable is that? So Jess wants to go off to, again, try not spoil, Jess wants to go off to live her big football fantasy life and her friend who has just come out as gay tells the family that he is going to marry her so essentially making her beard right allowing her to pursue her dream and also 
crushing his own goals of finding authentic true love in a family sense. Like, how beautiful a movie is that? She didn't allow it, which is good best friend moves right there. Good brownie points. But I don't think I noticed Beards before that time. That was that was my first encounter and it was a beautiful one. Amazing. The evidence is stacking up. It's, <laughs> it's undeniable. I mean, at this point, I really feel like it's um, it's pretty obvious. I fully agree with you on this and this yes. idea of like this movie is yes. so gay. Like it's so gay. And it's, I genuinely think if it was made now, it would be like actually super like explicitly Jess and Jules end up together kind of vibes. Like mm. it just makes so much sense. Yeah. And I know Kira Knightley has done interviews like after after the fact, like more recently where she's like, oh, 100%, they should have gotten together. Like that just makes sense. And well, I'm there like, you go. If Kira Knightley says thank it, you. then it has to be she's true. She's spoken. Right. So She just knows. I think, I think we need a follow up. I think we should petition for a Bendit like Beckham too and see where that goes i love that i just i just in my head even if it was just a totally different story but like jules and jess like one of them is the coach or something and the and they're just married oh, in the background yeah. like just a little cameo just look at these wives babies. oh so cute so cute i love it i love it okay i'm very glad that i convinced you so was, was that two arguments i gave you the shipping of jules and jess and the best friend beard I do you know what to be honest I was convinced right at the start okay. because I already just by the premise <laughs> but like I, I enjoyed I felt like we needed the the next two just in case there was any anyone out there who was wrong and wasn't already convinced <laughs> did you have a third argument or you was that your um I, I guess my third would have been it, it could have been more gay with the explicit or with the sequel so there you go that's sort of like my my pitch for making it gayer is that fair yeah, definitely. <laughs> that was honestly a hypothetical like podcast type episode that we had considered was like discussing a movie and seeing how we could make it more gay. And I feel like Ben Delight Beckham would have been the the hypothetical pilot of that because yeah. it is just so it was well right suited. in front of you. It was right in front of you. Yeah. But I have to also just give a lot of love to the representation that it does provide because I know for Asian families just that little bit was also so controversial. So I'm very grateful. Yeah, it's one of those things where it doesn't give like it's it's fun and like, you know, wishful thinking to be like, it would be so cool if they were gay. But at the same time, it's a really damn good film, <laughs> like with some amazing like from the point of view of like representation and like what that I know it did for like my friends who were watching it and seeing themselves at the time. Like I distinctly remember that. I love that. But also just like it's hilarious. It's so it's funny. fun. It's vibrant. Like it's great. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, ding, 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 tick, tick, tick. I don't, I can't remember of the last time I had some kind of uh, sound effect I did. Maybe it will come in post. Surprise me, <laughs> Julia, I guess. But yes, that is a uh, A plus. So, okay, question. Yeah. Why did you pick that one to go first? Was it because it, you felt like it was the one I was already on board with? Or was it at random? It, do you know, it was, it was the one that I felt most confident with, I guess. And also it's just my favorite movie of the choices. Of, of the next two that we're gonna discuss are also very good, mm. but it was, it's just, it's my jam. Okay, so you were like, I'm gonna lead strong and then with slowly disappoint nugget. as we continue <laughs> to record. Was that the exactly. plan? Exactly, yeah, that is the plan. Incredible. <laughs> Okay, I'm so ready to just like, just as we start recording, it's just like, we, you know, it's a slog. It's just really, it's like, oh, I've got to pretend to be convinced by this nonsense. God damn. <laughs> but I have there to say, it's... listeners, as lovely as Rowan is, because honestly, from the first moment I've met Rowan, she's been nothing but a ray of sunshine. I'm feeling so incredibly intimidated right now. You don't understand the level of pressure that this format has put me under. I'm, I'm excited and terrified. 
Okay, in that case, I need to put a note to the listeners that one, Shara is like the best person in the world. And two, she's saying this while fully being able to see me on Zoom in in a makeshift like cupboard recording space with like coats hanging around me like I'm in fucking not like I'm doing a podcast from Narnia it's iconic and I tell you it, and I was like what part what is, what if this is uh intimidating honestly just <laughs> just wild why hello dear listener I have been asking a lot of questions to Shaba but now I'm going to ask a question to you do you use the internet Evidence suggests yes, since you're listening to this podcast. And if you're anything like me, that means that you open a frankly obscene amount of tabs. I have so many tabs open. It's embarrassing, to be honest. Like before it wasn't a problem, but we've been having a lot of Zoom calls lately. And if I have to share my screen one more time in Zoom and reveal those tabs to a frankly just disappointed jazzer, uh, I, I might cry. So I cannot curb your tab habit. I'm sorry, that's not in my power. But what I can do is tell you a little bit about tab for a cause, which might make you feel a little bit less guilty about all the tabs. Basically, tab for a cause is a browser extension that lets you raise money for charity while you're just doing your thing online, while you're just opening up those tabs. In fact, the more tabs you open, the better in this case. Basically, whenever you open a new tab, you will see two things, a beautiful photo and a small ad. And part of that ad money goes towards a charity of your choice. So if you would like to put your tabs to good work, then join Team Queer Movie Podcast by signing up at tabforacause.org slash queermovie. Also, if you're listening to this podcast, then I'm pretty sure you will enjoy some of the other podcasts that Multitude put out. And today I want to talk to you about one in particular. If you have listened to this podcast before, I know Jazza has mentioned it. We are both massive fans of D&D or Dungeons and Dragons to to those not in the know. It is a role-playing game. It's very fun. Both of us love to play it. But we also like to listen to and watch other people playing it. And that is where Join the Party comes in. So it is a D&D actual play podcast with incredible worlds. It's got genre-pushing storytelling. And it brings together collaborators that not only are telling amazing stories, but also making each other laugh each week. Join the Party is a kind of podcast that welcomes in like all kinds of D&D players, whether you are someone who has been playing for decades or someone who has only just heard of it before and wants to know a little bit more. So Join the Party has been running for a little while, so it might be intimidating as to where to start, but don't worry, I'm here for you. Basically, we recommend Campaign 1 or the Party Campaign for a dose of like classic high fantasy gameplay, you know, what you might think about, you know, the Dungeons and the Dragons, as it were. But if you're not into Dungeons or Dragons, uh, then you can actually start with Campaign 2, the Join Campaign, for D&D mechanics, but in a modern superhero-centric setting. So something totally different. And whichever Join the Party adventure you want to listen to, you can also hang out with them every month for the after party, a session held to discuss their campaigns, joke around obviously, and also answer some of your listener questions. So what are you waiting for? Pull up a chair and join the party. You can search join the party in your podcast app or go to jointhepartypod.com. Let's move on to second hot take that you're bringing to the table. Right. You've got one in your pocket, yeah, so yeah. that's already. I mean, I'm starting off strong. That's why I win did already. It. See, so that's, that's a strategy. Good. That's the strategy. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling hyped. I'm ready for the next one. Okay. Okay. Nail I feel me. like 
I, I did the first one wrong as well. It was, it was my first pancake. Everyone has a first pancake. It's a little bit wonky, you know? So that was my mm-hmm. first pancake. For my second pancake, where I'm a bit more developed, I'm going to set the scene with the movie first, okay? okay? We're getting Please into do. Christmas. We're feeling Ooh. the vibes, the warmth. We're looking for something to put on telly. And it is a family classic, okay? Mm-hmm. Love Actually. I think I know where this is going. Are you seeing? Continue. <laughs> We're seeing airport scenes with love and romance. We're seeing Alan Rickman, who, let's face it, just makes everything a million times better, paired mm. with Emma Thompson. Like nothing gets better. Also, I've just realised Kira Knightley reappears, so she's now becoming a theme <laughs> of this yep, episode. No. But again, um, an amazing little bit of spice. So, great movie, okay? Can't really fault it in many ways. Except I was, I was going to say today years old, I was 27, which is the age I am now, when I realised that Love actually had cut scenes. Did you know, Rowan, that they cut out two couples? I did. And I have a feeling I know the couple that you're going to be referring to right now. Right. Get get ready, audience, if you are not aware already <laughs> if of you are what's not, about to drop, massive... because I have a feeling you might yeah, be a little a bit spoiler. frustrated. Right. So if, let's let's just take a second to look at the couples that are existing. We've got age gaps, I think. We've got some class divides. Yeah. With the whole prime minister lady from the street who swears a lot. Brilliant. We've got a lot. But one, well, two things that we're really missing is internationality, but that's not the focus of this one, though that was one that was cut that made me very sad. But there was a lesbian couple whose scenes were filmed and the directors cut it from the movie. Sad times. Thus, my hot take to convince you today, Rowan, is that love actually cut arguably the best love, comma, actually. Do you see what I did there? That was I wasn't I was not going to be convinced, and then you added the pun at the end, and well, it was like, go. well, be rude not to. <laughs> oh my gosh! So okay, can you for anyone who doesn't know about this cut, like seeing this cut love sequence, like can you tell us about it? What what did they cut? I would love to. Do you remember the scene where there's Emma Thompson? Right, she's like the really sad. Oh, can I spoil this movie? It's so old. Come on, we have to have. Some- yeah. Do you know what? Again, anything, <laughs> any film that you're mentioning in here to give a hot take, you can spoil. That is the rule that I've just made up and that I will be sticking to. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Emma Thompson is sad. Her son is dressed as like an octopus or something for a school play. She's that's not why she's sad. It's just adding <laughs> to <laughs> the vibes. She did really well with that costume, to be fair. But um, she's oh, she was very talented. <laughs> she was. She's been cheated on, and as they're going towards a school play, there is a headmistress who we do actually see. But the headmistress was supposed to have an extra part in the scene because she's played by um, Anne Reed. I don't know if you know that. That is, she's a pretty iconic in the ring. Yes, yes. Yeah. But she is supposed to have a lesbian kiss, I believe, in it. Is that what you're aware of too? It is what I'm aware of. There you go. Are you aware of how their storyline was going to end? No. Are you? Well, this might I'm gonna double check actually that I'm not making this up. <laughs> Hang on um because I think this might be what actually maybe takes you down oh. from this argument. Oh no. Because the lesbian love scene is the headmistress and her terminally ill partner. Oh. What? Yeah. So they basically it's them like at home, like drinking wine and chilling with each other. 
And I'm I'm like, I'm onto pink news now because I was like, you know, if I'm going to be quoting from this movie, I need to quote verbatim. Fair, I can't yeah, just yeah. paraphrase. No, I'm investing this. I, I, the, the article that I read didn't didn't mention this. You know what? And and maybe for good reason, because they wanted people okay. to have hope and joy at Christmas. And they were like, am I going to get let's not right include now? the bury your gaze trope that this inevitably will bring up. OK. So basically, they're they're like on the bed, like drinking wine, and the headmistress calls Geraldine is the name of her wife, girlfriend, partner. I don't Lover. know whether it's specified. Yeah, who's like my love, Passion. and then Geraldine calls her a domestic goddess, and they cuddle, and then obviously the universal sign for something's up, uh, someone's gonna die. Geraldine starts coughing violently. Uh, Normally, I feel like in real life, if someone starts coughing, it's like, oh, are you all right? Did it go down the wrong end, like hole? Like, are you okay? You got to yeah. you choked on water there. The word but in media, in uh -huh. a film, that person's dead. They're dying. They've probably got TB if it's a an older film or some unspecified illness if it's more modern. And then it's revealed in the next scene that Geraldine has died. Rowan. You know, there's a, there's a line about sorrow is particularly hard at Christmas. And then I guess they move on with the rest of the storylines. But it got cut. Oh my God, you have broken me. I didn't realise they were going to die. Yeah, so um, truly I think it's it's almost more gay that she died because as we all know, <laughs> the bury your gaze trope is an important part of our history that we all really look forward to every time it comes up in a movie. Very much what we're... Like we see a, we see a, a, a queer character and we're like, okay, but... They seem a little bit too alive. This is not what we wanted. But yes, it's it's the the concept of a lesbian love I will give you. But I don't know if I can give you that this particular lesbian love is the, the best. best love actually. Yeah. Yeah, no, okay, fair. Because well, maybe the, the love is the best. Right, but the way that they took it. I mean, the one thing but that the would way have they made worse it. is if it skipped to another scene in which the headmistress said her best friend of so many years, right? Had, that that would be really yes. giving into the trope. So I'm I'm glad you've not mentioned that. But to kill her off, poor Geraldine. Why would they do this? Oh, all right. <laughs> well, okay. My okay. Hang on, stands. Shaba. Read again. What was the exact hot take you had? Okay. Can we loophole this? Uh, let's let's try. Okay. Love actually cut arguably the best love actually. Okay, so I think their love, like everyone else in that movie has extremely like weird or toxic or like unbalanced or strange love, or at least a lot of them do. Mm -hmm. Like this has been a, a hot take that the straights have done for many years when it comes to Christmas <laughs> where they're like, actually, love actually is terrible and it's full of weird, mean people. Mm. So actually, if we're talking about the love of these characters, it's pretty good. So from, from actually, the little we know, she was there to the very end. She was caring for her partner. I mean, that's all I can base this off of because this is just news to me. Because there's, there was just one cutscene. Yeah. Yes, uh, indeed. Yeah. yeah, I'm gonna say on that technicality. Okay, I think you're right. <laughs> on the technicality, I mean, also any LGBT rep is obviously the best rep in any movie. That is that is universally known to be a truth. Think of the audience. Think of us. It's it's just true, right? So I think if you had said it's the best like storyline, then you would have been in trouble. Yeah, but because you said love, the best love. Uh, yeah, we love are letting me. it slide, and by we I mean I me that. in this cupboard. <laughs> I am letting it slide. Did you did you have any other points that you were going to make around this before you uh, we managed to persuade ourselves? Well, no, my only thing was going to be about you actually 
mentioned it, the toxicity of the other relationships are already there. There was so much promise for what a lesbian couple could have provided. And the whole, like, love is all around, but is it really all around? Because everything is just very cishet vanilla in central London right now. You know, mm -hmm. if you think about the other sort of cishet straight couples that I'm seeing people ship online, again, not to spoil too much, but have you seen You? That's going around at the minute quite a lot. You, season three. Yeah, Joe and Love. I mean, that's not a great example right there, is it? And then we've got Halloween time. So everyone's, of course, talking about the Joker and Harley Quinn. Like, I, I, I doubt we can call straight rep in movies very healthy to be honest. So just by default, you know, LGBT representation just seems to win. I will say that uh, love actually, in terms of its representation, lots of different types of love. Uh, yes. Different types yeah. of people? <laughs> Maybe not so much. I um, would be interested to see if there was like a, a new, a, some, well, I was going to say a new version of love actually, but I feel like it's its own weird little genre of like, Valentine's Day, Mother's Day, New Year's Day, <laughs> like these kind of like so many people are, ha are all suddenly connected because that, I mean, that movie had, I think one black guy who was that Kira Knightley's husband mm -hmm. who was in it for like one scene and then sort of just his didn't ever turn up again. And even though it was his wedding and love, it was all focused on I'm just going to call him Rick because that's how I know him as The Walking Dead. But the other white guy that fancied her right and mm -hmm. she feels the need to kiss him on christmas day so poor yep. token black guy really hang on there's a tiny bit of intersectionality with uh, colin first character when he goes to the little retreat mm. and they go to the restaurant and he, he he can't speak portuguese and there's a whole like oh i hope there's no eels in here god be careful there's eels in there <laughs> which is quite cute i have to admit i feel like shaba is more of a love actually aficionado than i am clearly <laughs> you know what the... this means rowan you have to come over you have to watch love actually i mean it's christmas that is fair. it's a christmas staple <laughs> put it in the diary i feel i, I was like uh, if i hadn't have stopped you i'm like would shaba have just recited the entirety of the script of love actually um maybe i think as well like the, there's the fact that the only disabled character is like the brother of like a a self-sacrificing, long-suffering sister who's like thrown away her life to look after her disabled brother. Like, it's not mm. doing too well yeah. on this whole uh, spectrum. Yeah. So I don't know. I feel like maybe the love itself was beautiful and pure for the lesbians, but part of me is quite glad that they weren't like, uh, bury your gaze at Christmas. There's nothing more <laughs> Christmassy than dead lesbians. <laughs> it's like, I don't know if I could have handled that Richard Curtis. Somebody, please clip that. I need it as my ringtone. <laughs> that was brilliant. That's just going to be the the jingle for the for the entire podcast. Yep, now, yep. every episode. We need to get Hallmark to sponsor you <laughs> for I then mean... you bury their gaze at Christmas campaign. Yeah, yeah, solid gold. <laughs> right there. Okay, third hot take. Okay, so my first one was a was a in the bag win. My second of one on a technicality. That was that was poor. Okay, all right. I'm ready for the third. Though I am worried I'm going to be cancelled. Okay, so <sighs> I'm just going to come out with it. Everybody knows Frozen, right? This is a movie I'm talking about. Frozen 1, I have to say. Frozen 2, I've only walked once and it was a long time ago. And I just had my little twin sisters over. They're 10 and they're absolutely adorable. And they were giving me like so much facts and knowledge that I just, I, I'm completely unaware of. So I'm just saying you right now, letting you know right now, Frozen 2 is out of my arena. I'm out of my depth. But based on Frozen, okay, Elsa 
should not have been gay. The internet keeps telling me that Elsa should be gay, but I actually don't think that that should have been the case. Hot That's my hot take. Take <laughs> for a moment. I see movie. So I'm going to say right now, mm-hmm. I have no skin in this game. I'm oh. not a particularly big Frozen fan. Oh. I've never... Re- so to that end, I've never really been that invested in whether or not she's gay. So uh-huh. you have a very strong chance right now. Okay. Thank of you. genuinely being able to like, not just have me say I already agree, but actually persuade me from this murky middle ground I'm in where I don't currently care. Right. Please begin your first argument. Okay, okay. So everybody online says that Elsa should have been gay. And I think this came from rumours. I can't verify them. I'm not that much of a like aficionado. I don't have that much of an obsession. But that Disney had rumoured somehow before Frozen came out that they were going to be introducing a gay princess and i get it it's a move that should be obviously done i mean luca was really close right (laughs) let's not lie but disney needs to come out and just say it but this was not the reason this this was not the time because for once right i found it so refreshing that elsa was a queen in search of self-love and self-acceptance right there was no man there that needed her in fact she was schooling her sister Anna you have watched Frozen though right yeah I feel like of all of these movies like they're all pretty big I don't think we need to worry about the whether we're spoiling Frozen for the people I think that they're pretty (laughs) pretty, I have seen it I have seen the movie (laughs) yeah I was just making sure that you knew what I was talking about because I'm I'm sounding very passionate about this I'm, I'm rolling with it but basically she she was like a queen not just literally but also of championing self-love which I think is very important and I think there's a better representation there for her to be asexual or on the a spectrum of some kind because not all bloody heroes main characters in Disney movies need a love interest it was really bugging me I've been trying to okay I'm going on to a few different movies right now but it comes to the same point I've been trying to teach my little twin sisters they're 10 they're coming into the sort of remit of teenage movies they're watching things like hunger games and so i was like oh twilight was another thing that they watched i was like oh yeah when i'm trying to describe other things divergent is another one of those series all of them have such cool dystopian concepts of how life could have been or will be in the future you know if the wrong powers that be get involved all of them were tarnished by these stupid love triangles or just silly love interests. And then when we watched Frozen, I was like, this is amazing. Apart from that stupid dude who finishes sandwiches, else has got it going on just for her. And that is that is brilliant. Girl power. That's okay. That's pretty convincing. I, <laughs> so I, I'm a big fan of the Hunger Games. I feel like I need to qualify that. That's such a... <laughs> bland statement to make but um i'm a big fan of that the way that the hunger games kind of i feel like afterwards it was just like oh yeah the at least from the books like oh yeah like why are dystopias really in with love triangles we should all do that Mm -hmm. and a lot of people did that my favorite thing is in the books she it's like not really a love triangle it's just her being like so which one of these men will provide the most resources in this extremely harsh environment <laughs> in which I live? And uh, she basically in the books like chooses Peter because she's like, Peter can bake. Gail can hunt. Here's the thing. I can hunt. <laughs> yep. It's all making sense to Katniss Everdeen mm-hmm. up here. Nor can um, I, and I myself as a tree. Very yeah, useful and skill. That, 
very useful skill in a marriage. <laughs> and I feel like it was maybe slightly uh, romanticized in Hollywood. But uh, mm-hmm. and then everything afterwards became just weird love triangles. Yeah. And or I guess Twilight was before that, but uh, not necessarily a more healthy no. sort of relationship to base your life on. So, yeah, I feel like. I mean, come on, Bella. The world of werewolves and vampires are both equally as cool. Just pick one and live your best life. God damn it. We, don't, we shouldn't recall the triangles, right? They're arrows. I, I bet you're going to get tons of people being like, no, no, they're arrows. Well, so interestingly, Corey's first hot take was about every love triangle would be better if everyone was bisexual and they were all in love. And mm. um, that's a pretty strong argument. The true triangles. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, goes back to my point. I'm sorry, I agree. The books are very different and probably more strategic. It's, it's been even longer since I've read the books than it has been since I've watched movies. But these love interests ruin the storyline. Elsa is looking for herself. She's a hot mess right now. Every 20-something-year-old could relate to that emotional instability. Leave it as that, you know? Mm. Or even if we're going to make it LGBT+, okay, but why not give rep, give some love to the asexual community? We don't need a gay princess just yet. She's she's perfectly fab on her own. She expresses no interest, and I think it's pretty good that way. Boom. Mm, nice. I was going to say, why not both? Like, why not she's a lesbian and also she doesn't really want a relationship right now? But I feel like your argument for asexual Elsa, asexual Elsa. kind of like allow, allows that to be, to kind of like fits in there as well. Yeah. Like maybe yeah. she's just not into it. Okay. Do you, any other, any other arguments to persuade me of this, of this point? Uh, okay. So my last note, but now that I'm looking at it, I don't know what I was thinking. The word, the two words written on my notes page, are you ready for this? Chameleon sidekick. <laughs> What point was I trying to make, Rowan? <laughs> so interestingly, that is a character from Tangled. Okay. I mean, yeah, sure. But but no, that is a chameleon. And maybe it's not called a chameleon. But it's a cute little lizard thing from Frozen 2. Oh, okay. So I haven't seen Frozen 2. Oh, okay. I'm sorry to spoil. But, uh, well, okay. So let's just say that Rapunzel... Is she called Rapunzel in Tangled? Yes. Yeah, okay. Rapunzel and Elsa share similar sidekicks in the end. Okay, and that is an argument for Elsa not being a lesbian because... I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> truly, truly, Sharba, when we began this podcast recording yep. and I fully joked about the idea <laughs> that we were going to start strong and you were just going to taper off towards the end. I did not realise we were going to get to this place. I mean... Where I thought you were going to hit me right at the end with like a conspiracy about like so-and-so is related so to so-and-so the and like the law. chameleons, and you were right? Like, chameleons, very yeah. straight pets. They are in fact... <laughs> Do you know, if I, I kind of wish now that Elsa's... Okay, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wing it, right? Mm-hmm. We're going to forget that we didn't see Frozen 2. Actually, instead of chameleon, Elsa's sidekick was a Californian condor. Have you seen those birds? Yep, it's true. Because um, just earlier this week, I read an article that was actually really interesting about the fact that Californian condors um, can asexually reproduce. And that's amazing. And therefore, that right there is a hint that Elsa... Come on, please tell me that lizards also have this ability to asexually reproduce. I just really enjoy the idea that you're trying to justify this. Like, (laughs) And also, you know, what is more out of place in the frozen wastelands of the setting of Arendelle... (laughs) Than a Californian bird. Yeah, yeah. It all makes sense. It's a metaphor for her own feelings of isolation, Rowan. <laughs> Case closed. I wish I w- there has to, some Shaba 
from whenever she created this notes page must have thought something right that there is some connection with this chameleon but for some reason i um yeah i, I can't think of it right now so i should have just said no when you asked me <laughs> but i've enjoyed i've enjoyed this little no journey relevant. that we've gone on in the last five minutes just to come back here yeah to no i have no other points well maybe um, your wonderful listeners can help close that up perhaps there is a link that i used to see that i am now missing it's the it's like the red string like conspiracy begins. <laughs> okay, so I will say I had no skin in the game in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Then you lost me slightly because I was like, mm, I don't know, I don't know if that's mutually exclusive. I feel like you could have a lesbian who doesn't want to date, or like Fair. she could get a girlfriend later on. Yeah. But then I was reconvinced again by your like, mm, but we might add a different letter of the old alphabet in. I uh, the yeah, sexuality. alphabeti spaghetti. I think it's important. So it all comes together. Yeah. And then we just let Anna have the romance. <laughs> kind of storyline of those movies just like yeah sure kids there's the alternative plus footnote chameleon there you go that is my argument to you, you <laughs> just get a pet instead <laughs> just spend spend your time with your new chameleon friend yeah yeah I'm, I'm, i just need to google if this is a chameleon bear with me one second please do i wouldn't dare put out this episode without you having Salamander. tried to figure out what the hell you were trying to say in that nose up salamander there we go a salamander of innocuous appearance is that the name of the character from the second movie uh so i didn't realize that this had a name i'm so as i said i am not a frozen to aficionado but i've got i don't want to pronounce it wrong b-r-u-n-i are we talking bruni brunei oh cute yeah Okay, just because you haven't seen this before, Owen, I'm just going to show you can, how adorable is this little salamander? Oh, that too. salamander is adorable. Right? I mean, is this giving you asexual vibes? <laughs> is there oh, any way? completely. As an asexual, <laughs> I've never felt more seen than well, that go. screenshot you're showing me, kind of slightly oh. blurrily over Zoom. <laughs> Sidekick. Incredible. Impressive. Everyone for the full effect, Google <laughs> salamander from Frozen 2, and you too will see yeah. the peak. This is, I feel like this is... Um, like how the Babadook just suddenly became gay in pop, in like kind of the co- public consciousness. I'm like, are we going to make a sexual salamander a thing? Is that a thing that we can push? It can be, sure. Alongside asexual Elsa. Remember, this is the That's the main point, of yeah. My, <laughs> my argument. So uh, We got sidetracked by the lizard, but it's uh, <laughs> it's Elsa that we truly are, are kind of wrapping here. Yeah. I, I actually feel like that's a strong... A strong argument, also one that I know that Disney truly will never be invested in or confirm, but I enjoy... Just saying, like, sorry, mouse, sorry, big mouse boy, (laughs) to to my pal Mickey. The author's dead. You have no power here. Uh, We decide everything. It's our creation now. So, as far as I'm concerned, it's canon. Yeah. There we go. That works. There we go. Two out of three, or three out of three, if we count the technicality. I think I did pretty well. Yeah, that is that was that was pretty dang good. <laughs> I loved all three very popular movies that you were consistently worried you were going to spoil for people. That was great. Um, <laughs> two out of three, Kira Knightley. Although, as mm-hmm. we have said, neither of us are Frozen Two aficionados. So, as far as I know, Kira Knightley could be in that movie. Well, we you could know, have had a three for three. Actually, voices the salamander. The salamander. <laughs> <laughs> She's like get, making her way to to queer representation, <laughs> one salamander at a time. Oh, that was incredible. I, I'm not going to lie. When I first, me and Jazza were first like conceiving of this type of episode, mm-hmm. I was like, is this, I don't know what hot takes people are going to come up with. Like, I don't know how this is going to work. <laughs> like we've recorded with you and Corey so far, blown uh, me away. Amazing. Just I'm obsessed so with all of your brains. Just, just so high. Incredible. <laughs> it's been so high. <laughs> 
it's honestly just going to be a disappointment from now on people <laughs> are going to have to work really hard to get this going I also feel like I I was worried that you guys might overlap but okay. it turns out there are more hot takes than I thought oh, well, uh, in the queer movie world so mm-hmm. amazingly I'm hoping for like a full across the board my one worry is if someone comes and literally it's just like okay so first idea um I don't know if you've heard of Bender like Beckham and I'm like oh buddy I'm sorry I've got a <laughs> Veto. We've already had Sorry. an exemplary uh, <laughs> argument from Sharva. I'm like already convinced. Stop right there's there. There's nothing there. And then they're like, okay, this is so crazy. But like, have you heard of um, like condors, like uh, California condors? <laughs> and I'm like, well, funnily enough, if that's in relation to Frozen and they're like, no, why would that be in relation to Frozen? That's ridiculous. They could not have less to do with each other. I'm feeling personally attacked right now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yes, welcome to British Friendship, everyone who's uh, watching. <laughs> this is how it goes. Just relentless bullying, no, uh, I, sometimes I'm, online. I am I'm very pleased, I think, with my performance. And I'm, I'm grateful that we're still friends and you haven't walked away in disgust to think, oh my God, <laughs> why am I, why do I even She's know someone here. like Sharma? This is ridiculous. But yeah. Have you, I mean, were these your three from the very start? Like when, when I sent over like, oh, here are the different episodes you could do. Like, were you immediately mm-hmm. like boom yes I already had them ready to go I rant about this at parties like this is the vibe or were you like <laughs> I'm gonna have to do some googling to, to figure out no, what I'm gonna bring to the table know, it was mostly an in the moment type thing because I love actually I just spoken to Jamie about that and I was like how dare they cut out LGBT plus representation I was I was sad at myself you know because I was like how on earth like why do I champion this movie so hard not even realizing the lack of diversity within like what is up with that so they go and then the twins my little twin sisters they inspired me with the frozen points and so there you go i was going to do something about janet because you know from our D episode i am obsessed with janet from the good place but you again cover yes. janet really well so i was just like no no need no need no need everyone's got that covered no need to convince for anyone who did not watch the charity D live stream that me and shaba did together <laughs> um you had what was it average janet was the name in the end mediocre janet Mediocre Janet that was inspired by Janet from The Good Place and was just, I went through with Shaba and like helped her make the D&D character and was very quickly apparent that the D&D character was essentially just her because it was like, the cleric, very helpful, very nice. Like it's the it's the supporting. Like there was a bard, wasn't it? We ended up going with because it was like, oh, you can like help, yeah, it was a little bard, kind of help people give them inspiration. Rowan helped me take my first steps into the world of D&D. I was so grateful. It was amazing. Thank you so much for listening. You can follow us on Twitter to keep up to date with everything podcast related. If you enjoyed this episode, please do think about supporting us over on Patreon. Our patrons really are the backbone of the podcast and in exchange for your support, we have some great tier rewards set up over there. One of the perks on our Patreon is a queer movie watch along every last Saturday of the month exclusively for our patrons. It's very fun. So, you know, come and join us. The Queer Movie Podcast is edited by Julia Shafini. We're also part of Multitude Productions, which has a lot more amazing sibling podcasts to ours that you should definitely check out. Make sure you follow and subscribe to the podcast so you are primed for our next episode. Thank you so much for listening and hopefully you will hear from us very soon. Thank you.